Section 6 of Ulysses This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce Part 2 The Odyssey Episode 5 Lotus Eaters by lorries along Sir John Rogerson's quay, Mr. Bloom walked soberly past Windmill Lane, Leesk's, the linseed crushers, the postal telegraph office, could have given that address too, and past the sailor's home. He turned from the morning noises of the quayside and walked through Lime Street. By Brady's cottages, a boy for the skins lolled, his bucket of offal linked, smoking a chewed fagbutt. A smaller girl, with scars of eczema on her forehead, eyed him, listlessly holding her battered cask hoop. "'Tell him if he smokes he won't grow. Oh, let him. His life isn't such a bed of roses. Waiting outside pubs to bring Dar home. Come on to Ma, Dar. Slack hour. Won't be many there. He crossed Townsend Street, past the frowning face of Bethel. L, yes, house of Aleph Beth and past Nichols, the undertakers. At eleven it is. Time enough. Dare say Corney Kelleher bagged that job for O'Neill's. Singing with his eyes shut, Corney. Met her once in the park, in the dark. What a lark. Police tout. Her name and address she then told, with my turulum turulum tay. Oh, surely he bagged it. Bury him cheap in call, with my turulum 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 turulum. In Westland Row, he halted before the window of the Belfast and Oriental Tea Company and read the legends of lead-papered packets, choice blend, finest quality, family tea, rather warm tea, must get some from Tom Kernan, couldn't ask him at a funeral, though. While his eyes still read blandly, he took off his hat, quietly inhaling his hair oil, and sent his right hand with slow grace over his brow and hair. Very warm morning. Under their dropped lids his eyes found the tiny bow of the leather headband inside his high-grade huff. Just there. His right hand came down into the bowl of his hat. His fingers found quickly a card behind the headband and transferred it to his waistcoat pocket. So warm. His right hand once more, more slowly, went over again. Choice blend, made of the finest Ceylon brands. The Far East, lovely spot it must be, the garden of the world, big lazy leaves to float about on, cactuses, flowery meads, snaky lianas, they call them. Wonder is it like that, those Singhalese lobbing around in the sun, in dolce far niente, not doing a hand's turn all day, sleep six months out of twelve, too hot to quarrel, influence of the climate, lethargy, flowers of idleness, the air feeds most, azotes, hothouse in botanic gardens, sensitive plants, water lilies, petals too tired to, sleeping sickness in the air, walk on rose leaves. Imagine trying to eat tripe and cow heel. Where was the chap I saw in that picture somewhere? Ah, in the Dead Sea, floating on his back, reading a book with a parasol open. Couldn't sink if you tried, so thick with salt. "'Cause the weight of the water. "'No, the weight of the body in the water "'is equal to the weight of the... "'Or is it the volume is equal of the weight? "'It's a law or something like that. 
Vance in high school, cracking his finger joints, teaching. The college curriculum, cracking curriculum. What is weight really when you say the weight? 32 feet per second per second. Law of falling bodies, per second per second. They all fall to the ground, the earth. It's the force of gravity of the earth is the weight. He turned away and sauntered across the road. How did she walk with her sausages? Like that something. As he walked, he took the folded freeman from his side pocket, unfolded it, rolled it lengthwise in a baton, and tapped it at each sauntering step against his trouser leg. Careless air, just drop in to see. Per second, per second. Per second for every second, it means. From the curbstone he darted a keen glance through the door of the post office. Too late, box. Post here. No one. In. He handed the card through the brass grill. Are there any letters for me? he asked. While the postmistress searched a pigeonhole, he gazed at the recruiting poster with soldiers of all arms on parade, and held the tip of his baton against his nostrils, smelling fresh-printed rag paper. No answer, probably. Went too far last time. The postmistress handed him back through the grill his card with a letter. He thanked and glanced rapidly at the typed envelope. Henry Flower, Esquire. Care of Post Office, Western Row, City. Answered, anyhow. He slipped card and letter into his side pocket, reviewing again the soldiers on parade. Where's old Tweedy's regiment? Cast-off soldier. There, bearskin cap and hackle plume. No, he's a grenadier, pointed cuffs. There he is, Royal Dublin Fusiliers. Redcoats, too showy. That must be why the women go after them. Uniform, easier to enlist and drill. More Gon's letter about taking them off O'Connell Street at night. Disgrace to our Irish capital. Griffith's paper is on the same tack now. An army rotten with venereal disease. Overseas or half-seas over empire. Half-baked they look, hypnotised like. Eyes front, mark time. Table, able, bed, ed. The king's own. Never see him dressed up as a fireman or a bobby. A mason, yes. He strolled out of the post office and turned to the right. Talk, as if that would mend matters. His hand went into his pocket, and a forefinger felt its way under the flap of the envelope, ripping it open in jerks. Women will pay a lot of heed, I don't think. His fingers drew forth the letter and crumpled the envelope in his pocket. Something pinned on it. Photo, perhaps? Hair? No. McCoy. Get rid of him quickly. Take me out of my way. Hate company when you... Hello, Bloom. Where are you off to? Hello, McCoy. Nowhere in particular. How's the body? Fine. How are you? Just keeping alive, McCoy said. His eyes on the black tie and clothes, he asked with low respect. Is there any... No trouble, I hope. I see you're... Oh, no, Mr. Bloom said. Poor Dignam, you know. The funeral is today. To be sure, poor fellow. So it is. What time? A photo it isn't. A badge, maybe. Uh, eleven, Mr. Bloom answered. I must try to get out there, McCoy said. Eleven, is it? I only heard it last night. Who was telling me? Hollihan. You know, Hoppy. I know. Mr. Bloom gazed across the road at the outsider drawn up before the door of the Grosvenor. 
The porter hoisted the valise up on the well. She stood still, waiting, while the man, husband, brother, like her, searched his pockets for change. Stylish kind of coat with that roll collar, warm for a day like this. Looks like blanket cloth. Careless stand of her with her hands in those patch pockets, like that haughty creature at the polo match. Women all for caste till you touch the spot. Handsome is and handsome does. Reserved about to yield. The Honourable Mrs. and Brutus is an honourable man. Possess her once, take the starch out of her. I was with Bob Doran. He's on one of his periodical bends, and what do you call him? Phantom Lions. Just down there in Conway's we were. Doran, Lions in Conway's. She raised a gloved hand to her hair. In came Hoppy, having a wet. Drawing back his head and gazing far from beneath his veiled eyelids, he saw the bright fawn skin shine in the glare, the braided drums. Clearly I can see to-day. Moisture about, gives long sight, perhaps. Talking of one thing or another. Lady's hand. Which side will she get up? And he said, Sad thing about our poor friend Paddy. What Paddy, I said. Poor little Paddy Dignam, he said. Off to the country. Broadstone, probably. High brown boots with laces dangling. Well-turned foot. What is he fostering over that change for? Sees me looking. I out for other fellow always. Good fall-back. Two strings to her bow. Why, I said. What's wrong with him, I said. Proud. Rich. Silk stockings. Yes, Mr. Bloom said. He moved a little to the side of McCoy's talking head. Getting up in a minute. What's wrong with him, he said. He's dead, he said. And faith, he filled up. Is it Paddy Dignam, I said. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I was with him no later than Friday last, or Thursday was it, in the arch. Yes, he said. He's gone. He died on Monday, poor fellow. Watch, watch, silk flash, rich stockings, white. Watch, a heavy tramcar honking its gong, slewed between. Lost it, curse your noisy pug nose. Feels locked out of it, paradise and the perry. Always happening like that, the very moment. Girl in Eustace Street hallway, Monday was it, settling her garter. Her friend covering the display of esprit de corps. Well, what are you gaping at? Yes, yes, Mr. Bloom, said after a dull sigh. Another gone. One of the best, McCoy said. The tram passed. They drove off towards the loop-line bridge, her rich gloved hand on the steel grip. Flicker, flicker, the lace flare of her hat in the sun. Flicker, flick. Wife well, I suppose? McCoy's changed voice said. Oh, yes, Mr. Bloom said. Tip-top, thanks. He unrolled the newspaper baton idly, and read idly. What is home without plum-trees potted meat? Incomplete. With it, an abode of bliss. My missus has just got an engagement. At least it's not settled yet. Valise tack again. By the way, no harm. I'm off that, thanks. Mr. Bloom turned his large-lidded eyes with unhasty friendliness. My wife too, he said. She's going to sing at a swagger affair in the Ulster Hall, Belfast, on the 25th. That's so, McCoy said. Glad to hear that, old man. Who's getting it up? Mrs. Marion Bloom. Not up yet. 
Queen was in her bedroom eating bread and no book, blackened court cards laid along her thigh by sevens, dark lady and fair man, cat, furry black ball, torn strip of envelope, love's old sweet song, comes love's old. It's kind of a tour, don't you see, Mr. Bloom said thoughtfully, sweet song. There's a committee formed, part shares and part profits. McCoy nodded, picking at his moustache stubble. Oh, well, he said, that's good news. He moved to go. Well, glad to see you looking fit, he said. Meet you knocking around. Yes, Mr. Bloom said. Tell you what, McCoy said, you might put down my name at the funeral, will you? I'd like to go, but I mightn't be able, you see. There's a drowning case at Sandy Cove may turn up, and then the coroner and myself would have to go down if the body is found. You just shove in my name if I'm not there, will you? I'll do that, Mr. Bloom said, moving to get off. That'll be all right. Right, McCoy said brightly. Thanks, old man. I'd go if I possibly could. Well, dolong. Just C.P. McCoy will do. That will be done, Mr. Bloom answered firmly. Didn't catch me napping that wheeze, the quick touch. Soft mark. I'd like my job. Belize I have a particular fancy for. Leather, capped corners, riveted edges, double action lever lock. Bob Cowley lent him his for the Wicklow Regatta concert last year, and never heard tidings of it from that good day to this. Mr. Bloom, strolling towards Brunswick Street, smiled. My missus has just got an reedy freckled soprano, cheese-pairing nose, nice enough in its way for a little ballad, no guts in it. You and me, don't you know, in the same boat, soft soaping, give you the needle, that would. Can't he hear the difference? Think he's that way inclined a bit, against my grain somehow. Thought that Belfast would fetch him. I hope that smallpox up there doesn't get worse. Suppose she wouldn't let herself be vaccinated again. Your wife and my wife. Wonder is he pimping after me. Mr. Bloom stood at the corner, his eyes wandering over the multicoloured hoardings. Cantrells and Cochrane's ginger ale, aromatic. Clear his summer sale. No, he's going on straight. Hello, Leah tonight. Mrs. Bandman Palmer. Like to see her in that again. Hamlet she played last night. Male impersonator. Perhaps he was a woman. Why Ophelia committed suicide. Poor papa. How he used to talk about Kate Bateman in that. Outside the Adelphi in London. Waited all the afternoon to get in. Year before I was born, that was. Sixty-five. And Ristori in Vienna. What is this the right name is? By Mosenthal it is. Rachel, is it? No. The scene he was always talking about, where the old blind Abraham recognises the voice and puts his fingers on his face. Nathan's voice, his son's voice. I hear the voice of Nathan, who left his father to die of grief and misery in my arms, who left the house of his father and left the God of his father. Every word is so deep, Leopold. Poor papa, poor man. I'm glad I didn't go into the room to look at his face. That day, oh dear, oh dear, phew. Well, perhaps it was the best for him. Mr. Bloom went round the corner and passed the drooping nags of the hazard. No use thinking of it any more. Nosebag time. Wish I hadn't met that McCoy fellow. 
he came nearer and heard a crunching of gilded oats the gently champing teeth their full buck eyes regarded him as he went by amid the sweet oaten reek of horse piss their eldorado poor jugginses damn all they know or care about anything with their long noses stuck in nose-bags too full for words still they get their feed all right and their dos gelded too a stump of black gutter percher wagging limp between their haunches might be happy all the same that way good poor brutes they look still their neigh can be very irritating he drew the letter from his pocket and folded it into the newspaper he carried might just walk into her here the lane is safer he passed the cabman's shelter curious the life of drifting cabbies all weathers all places time or set down no will of their own voglio e non like to give them an odd cigarette sociable shout a few flying syllables as they pass he hummed la ci darem la mano la 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 he turned into cumberland street and going on some paces halted in the lee of the station wall no one meets timbiard piled balks ruins and tenements with careful tread he passed over a hopscotch court with its forgotten picky stone not a sinner near the timber-yard a squatted child at marbles alone shooting the tor with a cunny thumb a wise tabby a blinking sphinx watched from her warm sill pity to disturb them mohammed cut a piece out of his mantle not to wake her open it and once i played marbles when i went to that old dame's school she liked mignonette mrs ellis's and mr he opened the letter within the newspaper a flower i think it's a a yellow flower with flattened petals not annoyed then what does she say dear henry i got your last letter to me and thank you very much for it i'm sorry you did not like my last letter why did you enclose the stamps i'm awfully angry with you i do wish i could punish you for that i called you naughty boy because i do not like that other word please tell me what is the real meaning of that word are you not happy in your home you poor little naughty boy i do wish i could do something for you please tell me what you think of poor me i often think of the beautiful name you have dear henry when will we meet i think of you so often you have no idea i have never felt myself so much drawn to a man as you i feel so bad about please write me a long letter and tell me more remember if you do not i will punish you so now you know what i will do to you you naughty boy if you do not write oh how i long to meet you henry dear do not deny my request before my patience are exhausted then i will tell you all good-bye now naughty darling i have such a bad headache to-day and write by return to your longing martha p s do tell me what kind of perfume does your wife use i want to know he tore the flower gravely from its pinhold smelt its almost no smell and placed it in his heart pocket language of flowers they like it because no one can hear or a poison bouquet to strike him down then walking slowly forward he read the letter again murmuring here and there a word 
angry tulips with you darling manflower punish your cactus if you don't please poor forget-me-not how i long violets the dear roses when we soon anemone meet all naughty night-stalk wife martha's perfume having read it all he took it from the newspaper and put it back in his side pocket weak joy opened his lips changed since the first letter wonder did she write it herself doing the indignant a girl of good family like me respectable character could meet one sunday after the rosary thank you not having any usual love scrimmage then running round corners bad as a row with molly cigar has a cooling effect narcotic go further next time naughty boy punish afraid of words of course brutal why not try it anyhow a bit at a time fingering still the letter in his pocket he drew the pin out of it common pin eh he threw it on the road out of her clothes somewhere pinned together queer the number of pins they always have no roses without thorns flat dublin voices bawled in his head those two sluts that night in the coombe linked together in the rain oh mary lost the pin of her drawers she didn't know what to do to keep it up to keep it up it them such a bad headache as her roses probably or sitting all day typing eye focus bad for stomach nerves what perfume does your wife use how could you make out a thing like that to keep it up martha mary i saw that picture somewhere i forget now old master or fate for money he is sitting in their house talking mysterious also the two sluts in the coombe would listen to keep it up nice kind of evening feeling no more wandering about just loll there quiet dusk let everything rip forget tell about places you've been strange customs the other one jar on her head was getting the supper fruit olives lovely cool water out of the well stone cold like the hole in the wall at ashtown must carry a paper goblet next time i go to the trotting matches she listens with big dark soft eyes tell her more and more all then a sigh silence long 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 rest going under the railway arch he took out the envelope tore it swiftly in shreds and scattered them towards the road the shreds fluttered away sank in the dank air a white flutter then all sank henry flower you could tear up a cheque for a hundred pounds in the same way simple bit of paper lord ivy once cashed a seven-figure cheque for a million in the bank of ireland shows you the money to be made out of porter still the other brother lord ardilorn has to change his shirt four times a day they say skin breeds lice or vermin a million pounds wait a moment tuppence a pint fourpence a quart eightpence a gallon of porter no one and fourpence a gallon of porter one and four into twenty fifteen about yes exactly fifteen millions of barrels of porter what am i saying barrels gallons about a million barrels all the same an incoming train clanked heavily over his head coach after coach barrels bumped in his head dull porter slopped and churned inside the bunghole sprang open and a huge dull flood leaked out flowing together winding through mud-flats all over the level land a lazy pooling swirl of liquor 
bearing along wide-leaved flowers of its froth. He had reached the open back door of All Hallows. Stepping into the porch, he doffed his hat, took the card from his pocket, and tucked it again behind the leather headband. Damn it! I might have tried to work McCoy for a pass to Mullingar. Same notice on the door. Sermon by the Very Reverend John Conmey, Society of Jesus, on St. Peter Claver and the African Mission. Save China's millions! Wonder how they explain it to the heathen Chinee. Prefer an ounce of opium. Celestials. Rank heresy for them. Prayers for the conversion of Gladstone they had, too, when he was almost unconscious. The Protestants the same. Convert Dr. William J. Walsh, D.D., to the true religion. Buddha, their god, lying on his side in the museum, taking it easy with his hand under his cheek. Jostics burning, not like Eke Homo. Crown of thorns and cross, clever idea, St. Patrick, the shamrock. Chopsticks, con me. Martin Cunningham knows him, distinguished looking. Sorry I didn't work him about getting Molly into the choir instead of that Father Farley, who looked a fool but wasn't. They're taught that. He's not going out in bluey specks with the sweat rolling off him to baptise blacks, is he? The glasses would take their fancy, flashing. Like to see them sitting around in a ring with blub lips, entranced, listening. Still life, lap it up like milk, I suppose. The cold smell of sacred stone cooled him. He trod the worn steps, pushed the swing door, and entered softly by the rear. Something going on, some sodality, pity so empty. Nice discreet place to be next some girl. Who is my neighbour, jammed by the hour to slow music, that woman at midnight mass, seventh heaven, women knelt in the benches with crimson halters around their necks, heads bowed, a batch knelt at the altar rails. The priest went along by them, murmuring, holding the thing in his hands. He stopped at each, took out a communion, shook a drop or two, are they in water, off it, and put it neatly into her mouth. Her hat and head sank. Then the next one, a small old woman. The priest bent down to put it into her mouth, murmuring all the time, Latin. The next one, shut your eyes and open your mouth. What? Corpus, body, corpse. Good idea, the Latin. Stupefies them first. Hospice for the dying. They don't seem to chew it, only swallow it down. Rum idea. Eating bits of a corpse. Why the cannibals cotton to it? He stood aside, watching their blind masks pass down the aisle, one by one, and seek their places. He approached a bench and seated himself in its corner, nursing his hat and newspaper. These pots we have to wear... We ought to have hats modelled on our heads. They were about him here and there, with heads still bowed in their crimson halters, waiting for it to melt in their stomachs. Something like those matzoth. It's that sort of bread, unleavened showbread. Look at them. Now I bet it makes them feel happy. Lollipop. It does. Yes, bread of angels it's called. There's a big idea behind it. Kind of kingdom of God is within you feel. First communicants, hokey-pokey, penny a lump. Then feel all like one family party, same in the theatre, all in the same swim. They do, I'm sure of that, not so lonely. It's our confraternity. Then came out a big spreesh, let off steam. Thing is, if you really believe in it, 
lord's cure waters of oblivion and the knock apparition statues bleeding old fellow asleep near that confession box hence those snores blind faith safe in the arms of kingdom come lulls all pain wake this time next year he saw the priest stow the communion cup away well in and kneel an instant before it showing a large grey boot sole from under the lace affair he had on suppose he lost the pin of his he wouldn't know what to do bald spot behind letters on his back i n r i no i h s molly told me one time i asked her i have sinned or no i have suffered it is and the other one iron nails ran in meet one sunday after the rosary do not deny my request turn up with a veil and black bag dusk and the light behind her she might be here with a ribbon round her neck and do the other thing all the same on the sly their character that fellow that turned queen's evidence on the invincibles he used to receive the carey was his name the communion every morning this very church peter carey no peter claver i'm thinking of dennis carey and just imagine that wife and six children at home and plotting that murder all the time those craw thumpers now that's a good name for them there's always something shifty looking about them they're not straight men of business either oh no she's not here the flower no no by the way did i tear up that envelope yes under the bridge the priest was rinsing out the chalice then he tossed off the dregs smartly wine makes it more aristocratic than for example if he drank what they are used to guinness's porter or some temperance beverage wheatley's dublin hot bitters or cantrell and cochrane's ginger ale aromatic doesn't give them any of it show wine only the other cold comfort pious fraud but quite right otherwise they'd have one old boozer worse than another coming along cadging for a drink queer the whole atmosphere of the quite right perfectly right that is mr bloom looked back towards the choir not going to be any music pity who has the organ here i wonder old glynn he knew how to make that instrument talk the vibrato fifty pounds a year they say he had in gardiner street molly was in fine voice that day the stabat mater of rossini father bernard bourne's sermon first christ or pilot christ but don't keep us all night over it music they wanted foot drill stopped could hear a pin drop i told her to pitch her voice against that corner i could feel the thrill in the air the full the people looking up quis est homo some of that old sacred music is splendid mercadante seven last words mozart's twelfth mass the gloria in that those old popes were keen on music on art and statues and pictures of all kinds palestrina for example they had a gay old time while it lasted healthy too chanting regular hours then brew liqueurs benedictine green chartreuse still having eunuchs in their choir that was coming it a bit thick what kind of voice is it must be curious to hear after their own strong basses connoisseurs suppose they wouldn't feel anything after kind of placid no worry fall into flesh don't they gluttons tall long legs who knows eunuch one way out of it 
he saw the priest bend down and kiss the altar and then face about and bless all the people all crossed themselves and stood up mr bloom glanced about him and then stood up looking over the risen hats stand up at the gospel of course then all settled down on their knees again and he sat back quietly in his bench the priest came down from the altar holding the thing out from him and he and the mass boy answered each other in latin then the priest knelt down and began to read off a card o oh god our refuge and our strength mr bloom put his face forward to catch the words english throw them the bone i remember slightly how long since your last mass gloria and immaculate virgin joseph her spouse peter and paul more interesting if you understood what it was all about wonderful organization certainly goes like clockwork confession everyone wants to then i will tell you all penance punish me please great weapon in their hands more than doctor or solicitor woman dying too and i shh, shh. and did you ch -ch -ch -ch? and why did you look down at her ring to find an excuse whispering gallery walls have ears husband learned to his surprise god's little joke then out she comes repentance skin deep lovely shame pray at an altar hail mary and holy mary flowers incense candles melting hide her blushes salvation army blatant imitation reformed prostitute will address the meeting how i found the lord square-headed chaps those must be in rome they work the whole show and don't they rake in the money too bequests also to the p p for the time being in his absolute discretion masses for the repose of my soul to be said publicly with open doors monasteries and convents the priest in the firm manner will case in the witness-box no browbeating him he had his answer pat for everything liberty and exaltation of our holy mother the church the doctors of the church they mapped out the whole theology of it the priest prayed blessed michael archangel defend us in the hour of conflict be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil may god restrain him we humbly pray and do thou o prince of the heavenly host by the power of god thrust satan down to hell and with him those other wicked spirits who wander through the world for the ruin of souls the priest and the mass boy stood up and walked off all over the women remained behind thanksgiving better be shoving along brother buzz come around with the plate perhaps pay your easter duty he stood up hello were those two buttons of my waistcoat open all the time women enjoy it annoyed if you don't why didn't you tell me before never tell you but we excuse miss there's a woof just a woof fluff or their skirt behind placket unhooked glimpses of the moon still like you better untidy good job it wasn't further south he passed discreetly buttoning down the aisle and out through the main door into the light he stood a moment unseeing by the cold black marble bowl while before him and behind two worshippers dipped furtive hands in the low tide of holy water trams a car of prescott's dye works a widow in her weeds notice because i'm in mourning myself 
recovered himself. How goes the time? Quarter past. Time enough yet. Better get that lotion made up. Where is this? Ah, yes, the last time. Sweeney's in Lincoln Place. Chemists rarely move. Their green and gold beacon jars, too heavy to stir. Hamilton Longs, founded in the year of the flood. Huguenot Churchyard near there. Visit some day. He walked southward along Westland Row. But the recipe is in the other trousers. Oh, and I forgot that latchkey too. Bore this funeral affair. Oh, well, poor fellow, it's not his fault. When was it I got it made up last? Wait, I changed a sovereign, I remember. First of the month it must have been, or the second. Oh, he can look it up in the prescriptions book. The chemist turned back page after page. Sandy, shriveled smell he seems to have. Shrunken skull and old. Quest for the philosopher's stone. The alchemists. Drugs aid you after mental excitement. Lethargy then. Why? Reaction. A lifetime in a night. Gradually changes your character. Living all the day among herbs, ointments, disinfectants. All his alabaster lily pots. Mortar and pestle. Ac, dist, fol, lor, te, virid. Smell almost cure you, like the dentist's doorbell. Dr. Whack. He ought to physic himself a bit. Electory or emulsion. The first fellow that picked a herb to cure himself had a bit of pluck. Simples. Want to be careful. Enough stuff here to chloroform you. Test. Turns blue litmus paper red. Chloroform. Overdose of laudanum. Sleeping draughts. Love filters. Paragoric poppy syrup. Bad for cough. Clogs the poor or the phlegm. Poisons the only cures. Remedy where you least expect it. Clever of nature. About a fortnight ago, sir? Yes, Mr. Bloom said. He waited by the counter, inhaling the keen reek of drugs, the dusty dry smell of sponges and loofers. Lot of time taken up telling your aches and pains. Sweet almond oil and tincture of benzoin, Mr. Bloom said and then orange-flower water. It certainly did make her skin so delicate, white like wax. And white wax also, he said, brings out the darkness of her eyes, looking at me, the sheet up to her eyes, Spanish, smelling herself, when I was fixing the links in my cuffs. Those homely recipes are often the best. Strawberries for the teeth, nettles and rain-water, oatmeal, they say, steeped in buttermilk, skin food. One of the old Queen's sons, Duke of Albany, was it, had only one skin. Leopold, yes. Three we have. Warts, bunions and pimples to make it worse. But you want a perfume too. What perfume does your peau d'Espagne? That orange flower. Pure curd soap. Water is so fresh. Nice smell these soaps have. Time to get a bath round the corner. Hammam, Turkish, massage. Dirt gets rolled up in your navel. Nicer if a nice girl did it. Also, I think I... Yes, I... Do it in the bath. Curious longing, I... Water to water. Combine business with pleasure. Pity no time for massage. Feel fresh, then, all day. Funeral be rather glum. Yes, sir, the chemist said. That was two and nine. Have you brought a bottle? No, Mr. Bloom said. Make it up, please. I'll call later in the day, and I'll take one of those soaps. How much are they? Fourpence, sir. Mr. Bloom raised a cake to his nostrils. 
sweet lemony wax. I'll take this one, he said. That makes three and a penny. Yes, sir, the chemist said. You can pay altogether, sir, when you come back. Good, Mr. Bloom said. He strolled out of the shop, the newspaper baton under his armpit, the cool rapid soap in his left hand. At his armpit, Bantam Lyon's voice and hand said, Hello, Bloom. What's the best news? Is that today's? Show us a minute. Shaved off his moustache again by Jove. Long, cold upper lip. To look younger. He does look balmy. Younger than I am. Bantam Lyons's yellow, black-nailed fingers unrolled the baton. Wants a wash, too. Take off the rough dirt. Good morning. Have you used Pear's soap? Dandruff on his shoulders. Scalp wants oiling. I want to see about that French horse that's running today, Bantam Lyons said. Where the bugger is it? He rustled the pleated pages, jerking his chin on his high collar. Barber's itch. Tight collar, he'll lose his hair. Better leave him the paper and get shut of him. You can keep it, Mr. Bloom said. Ascot, gold cup. Wait, Bantam Lyons muttered. Off a mo, maximum the second. I was just going to throw it away, Mr. Bloom said. Bantam Lyons raised his eyes suddenly and leered weakly. What's that? his sharp voice said. I say, you can keep it, Mr. Bloom answered. I was going to throw it away that moment. Bantam Lyons doubted an instant, leering, then thrust the outspread sheets back on Mr. Bloom's arms. I'll risk it, he said. Here, thanks. He sped off towards Conway's corner. Godspeed, Scut. Mr. Bloom folded the sheets again to a neat square and lodged the soap in it, smiling. Silly lips of that chap. Betting. Regular hotbed of it lately. Messenger boys stealing to put on sixpence. Raffle for large tender turkey. Your Christmas dinner for threepence. Jack Fleming embezzling to gamble, then smuggled off to America. Keeps a hotel now. They never come back. Fleshpots of Egypt. He walked cheerfully towards the mosque of the baths. Remind you of a mosque? Red-baked bricks. The minarets. College sports today, I see. He eyed the horseshoe poster over the gate of College Park. Cyclist doubled up like a cod in a pot. Damn bad ad. Now, if they had made it round like a wheel, then the spokes. Sports, sports, sports. And the hub, big, college. Something to catch the eye. There's Hornblower standing at the porter's lodge. Keep him on hands. Might take a turn in there on the nod. How do you do, Mr. Hornblower? How do you do, sir? Heavenly weather, really. If life was always like that. Cricket weather. Sit around under sunshades. Over after over. Out! They can't play it here. Duck for six wickets. Still, Captain Buller broke a window in the Kildare Street Club with a slog to square leg. Donnybrook Fair more in their line. And the skulls we were a-cracking when McCarthy took the floor. Heat wave won't last. Always passing the stream of life, which in the stream of life we trace is dearer than them all. Enjoy a bath now, clean trough of water, cool enamel, the gentle tepid stream. This is my body. He foresaw his pale body reclined in it at full, naked, in a womb of warmth, oiled by scented melting soap, softly laved. 
he saw his drunken limbs rip-rippled over and sustained buoyed lightly upward lemon yellow his navel bud of flesh and saw the dark tangled curls of his bush floating floating hair of the stream round the limp father of thousands a languid floating flower end of section six